Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lot, 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 you know, as we start to show this one mic. There is a pause throughout the stadium as this man sounds like he just coughs up a lung. They're looking around. The jumbotron shows and pans the cheerleaders. And as it goes down each cheerleader's face, each one breaks up into laughter, which at this particular time destroys half the stadium. The other half is still trying to figure out what the hell just happened. Does this guy need uh, CPR or something? And then at that particular time, I lost it. <laughs> Devon Trump. Yes, yes, yes. Today, Phoenix is another place. They got a great uh, training staff. I mean, they, they were able to breathe life back into Shaq. And if you can do that, you know, people talk a lot about their training staff. Yes, today, you know, as we start this show, this one mic. All right, welcome to uh, RSG One Mic. Uh, loving to have you here. We are uh, getting into the heart of the summer months as we, uh, all kinds of activity are happening, but for the past few uh, podcasts on One Mike, we've been doing a review of each of the divisions um, in the NFL, um, providing our perspective on those things. And today we'll be talking about the NFC North and the AFC East. But before we, we get into those things, we, we, we have in the cypher, uh, we obviously have our open mic and we have some topics we'll talk about that. But I also want to always encourage you now to go to uh, realsportsguys.com where uh, you click on the podcast tab, you can uh, tap into our most recent podcast as well as go back into our catalog. we got some great material going way back. You know, sometimes you should just go back and check out some of those things. Uh, hilarious podcast going back, but you'll you'll always be able to connect with some of our most recent stuff. So we want to invite you to go to realsportsguys.com for all things Real Sports Guys. And as always, before I, we get into the, the particulars of what we want to talk about today, uh, which we'll, we'll probably get into this review in about the next, you know, 10, 15 minutes. Uh, I always want to bring my, my co-host uh, for the show in and, uh, you know, just to warm up and kind of see how they're doing. That's how we do it. We, we always like to greet each other. And so I'm going to start with the with the vet, you know, the man with the pick and roll uh, with the with the Cliff Levinson knees right now, my man, Hank Davis. How you doing? I'm doing well, D. And good evening to you as well, youngin. And let me tell you, it's that time of the year. You know, but I got to tell you guys, I got some good news and I got some bad news. The good news is there are several teams in the NFL playing preseason tonight. We can sit here all night long and just start getting ourselves ready for a wonderful NFL season. But the bad news, one of those 
teams happens to be your Detroit Lions. Oh, my goodness. And we're going to definitely hit on them today. And I, I, it's a, this, I've been looking forward to this conversation since we started. And so you already know Hank is going to put this on some next-level blast. I can't wait uh, to do it. This might be some debates going with this one. But, yeah, those Lions, well, ooh. ooh and and uh, you, now you know, even as a Michigan native, why – uh, I, I I have I had to leave the Lions a long time ago, you know. Uh, even though I love you, Dexter Buses, I had to leave them a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, to, to provide us with more recent generational perspective, you know, because we're all about this cross generational dialogue. Uh, we have my man. We don't ask him, you know, as, as people who do some ethnic diversity work. We and I ask him to speak for everybody in this generation. We just come in with his own voice, but he always do, does provide us with perspective. We call him the youngin, affectionately the youngin, our man Darnell Kirkland. How you doing, man? I'm feeling great, man. Um, we're finally getting into the swing of things with football. Next week, we put the pads on. We're still going through those, you know, the, uh, the new high school regulations of, you know, when you can practice, where you can have, like, football activities, when you can, like, hit and stuff. So, but getting together as a team, uh, working out, you know what I'm saying, going over plays and stuff. We're having a good time, so I'm, I'm happy. There you go, Coach. You know, work with them youngest, build them up, build that capacity, get them excited, let them know they got to – if they want to be – they got to build those championship habits if they want to be champions. Take them somebody who has one of those state championship rings over there in Michigan. <laughs> I, I digress. Uh, I will move on to some other stuff. Open mic. In the open mic, you know, we like to get warmed up a little bit. And we had an announcement for the NCAA. They can trip over everything. The NCAA can just mess up something. So NCAA, in their reaction to all this stuff that's happened with the FBI, you know, had this commission, had these folks who are working on some solutions on, you know, thinking about, you know, some ways in which they can address some of these issues uh, to minimize some of the issues that were found as a result of this of this study and this work with the FBI. And so they announced uh, ways in which athletes could have access to agents um, early in the career, could test their availability and their, you know, their, their likelihood of being drafted, you know, there, where there will be a place where it'll be vetted, uh, but that they could also secure um, a, a agent um, as, and, and as I believe, go back to college. But the agents have to meet certain requirements. So what they're trying to do is because agents are key people in this, bake the agents into this whole accountability mechanism if they're going to be part of this. And so part of it is they they have to have three years of service uh, as an agent in the in the uh, as part of the certified agent in the NBA. Uh, they also have to complete a uh, an exam that is given by the NCAA, some of those things you might say, okay, that, that makes sense. But then they got this other one where they say the agents must have a bachelor's degree. And in reaction to that, LeBron James, because the, the head of clutch sports, Rich Paul does not have a bachelor's degree and has probably been a thorn in everybody's side, uh, tweeted that this was the Rich Paul rule, trying to limit his access to folks, that somebody systematically tried to do this. In a world where people, um, uh, and some of our, 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 our richest people in the world, 
uh, don't have bachelor's degrees who are who are heads of of of, of major corporations. And we'll go through that list here in a minute. Uh, but we're going. But, but there there is a the way in which we are going to have some type of uh, credentialing. Uh, as a, you know, in terms of their bachelor's degree, so uh, LeBron tweets this, then Chris Paul comes in, then Kevin Hart. Between the three of them, they tap into eighty-six point six million people. So you know that went that started trending, and uh, began to do it. So then the NCAA tries to come back out with a statement explaining their position on it. So there's a lot of stuff going on here, and so I want to start with. You know, and this is one definitely young and want to talk about. You know, I want to start with you, Darnell, um, because obviously you're in a space where you're interacting. Number of your teammates, number of people you knew growing up. You know, you still knowing kids who are entering this space. Like you kind of know kids who are on college campuses because they're in your, you know, some of in your peer. You're not that far out of high school. Um, you know, you you you're you're working with high school players, not only football, but you know, you're around some of these guys who are going to be college athletes. I want to definitely hear your perspective coming out the gate. Well, my perspective is, well, you know what my perspective is. I think this is a directed attack at one Rich Paul. And you know why it's an attack at Rich Paul? is because last year we had, um, remember the kid Darius Baisley? Um, He was committed to going to Syracuse University. And um, instead of going to Syracuse, Rich Paul and – he signed with Clutch Sports and Rich Paul. And they advised him to, instead of going to college, um, he should take an internship where he was paid a million dollars. He was paid a million dollars to get um, on the job experience with a, um, with a shoe company, a clothing company that could endorse him in the future. So that is a good move. That would be a good move for him while they would also have him hook him up with like a trainer now prepare his game for the next level. But um, the, the NCAA, they didn't like that. They're looking at them like um, these guys are a threat. So um, what we saw is another is another um, another event in the history of America where you know it, it's it's akin to um, to um, when the government back in the day would put um, five judges back in the day close, or like um, even today where they um put legislation in, in place to, um, um, you know, to hold a certain type of person back, you know what I'm saying? And they didn't, they mm-hmm. don't want guys like Rich Paul and them to um, exist in their um, space. And not only is it Rich Paul, there's another guy uh, in the name of, in quotes, Uncle Dennis. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard's uncle um, is a guy that, has um, annoyed some front offices in the NBA, and with the NBA and the NCAA having a partnership together, um, they want to get guys. They don't. They want to prevent guys in the future being represented by family members that um, can take jobs away from you know the agents that are uh, represented by the NBA Players Association. So they want to get guys like Uncle Dennis and them out of there as well, and LeBron Ball. It, it, I mean, and one of the things you really you're, you're unpacking, you know, in a in a in a world where Zuckerberg, uh, you know, and Bill Gates don't have college degrees and can own teams and can be in all these spaces, right? We're regulating this. 
when the real regulation is about accountability. What does a bachelor's degree have to do with your mechanisms of accountability for the agents? That has nothing to do with that. The most important steps you had was they had to have three years of service, recognized, yeah. certified MBA, and they had to, you already got them doing this exam, and you, and you already gonna have them sign off that they're gonna be that they would participate in any kind of investigation and in, in inquiry. That's enough. So so you're right. right. The bachelor's degree on top of it seems punitive for somebody because it doesn't equate to the accountability mechanism you're trying to create to hold people tight. You don't need that to do that. So that's the part you're hitting in. And so you say, why would they do that? Well, that's not necessary for the accountability mechanism. And another thing I want to say is, um, where is it the NCAA's place to um, decide who can represent a player? Like, um, especially after they enter the, NFL, the NBA draft. What, um, and that's another thing. Why yeah. is it just the NBA? This this is not um, something that they are instituting for um, the MLB and the NFL. So why is this an NBA issue? But um, that's nothing I wanted to add. Well, the other thing that's really good about this is this is a killer about it. Why do you have another layer when the NBA has already certified them? Right? Exactly. So, so the NBA has already certified them. Right? The NBA has already dictated that these folks can negotiate. They have a process for determining who can be an agent. So all you need to be doing is have them sign off on if they're going to participate in this and they've already been approved through the NBA. Why don't you just want, you can say you want people to have three years to have a proven record, right? Because you don't have this catch that's trying to start up and do, you know, who have not proven it. You want to bet that that's okay. But the NBA's already vetted folks to be able to do that or they would have addressed it themselves. So all you need is if you're going to participate in this, you need to sign off on something that says that you will be accountable. Like you, you it's just like you, you will, if you're going to do this, you assign a document that says you agree to participate in any type of investigation if there are any improprieties or any, you know, belief that somebody violated something. If not, you can't you can't continue to be part of it. You don't need the other layers because the NBA has already vetted these folks. So that's the part that is unnecessary. So you point out, hey Hank, I want to bring you into the conversation. Now that we warmed it up. Listen. To me, this 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 sounds like David Stern all over again. Okay, it sounds to me that the 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 ex commissioner of the NBA. It sounds like I want to deal with professional people, and I want professional people to have professional credentials, and that's what this sounds like to me. You know, David Stern was one that was he wasn't with the players having all these tattoos and having looking a certain way. You know, having this corporate aura about them. And I'm and I'm hearing this, the same thing with the um, with the, with the with the agents. Okay, now I absolutely positively agree that the agents should have some sort of uh, experience. That you just don't have your cousin coming in there because he's a street hustler and he's gonna try to get your next contract. And I'm pretty sure that these NBA execs get sick of that rhetoric. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like they get sick of the rhetoric of of the Uncle Davids and those kind of folks that come in here and and uh, they, they can't they can't negotiate 
the way they want to negotiate some of these contracts and some of the stuff that they're asking for may seem to be very outlandish. And so what they're saying is, you know, I'm tired of the street thug mentality coming here trying to negotiate a contract for these high-priced players. So we're going to throw this out there and give them not just a request or demand, if you will, um, this testing to make sure that not only do they have the experience, but do they have the necessary credentials. And they feel like they can do that because it's the NBA. And, and, and if you look at the other sports in general, the reason why you don't have that is because you don't have the guaranteed money like you do in the, in, in the NFL or in the uh, Major League Baseball. They just don't have that freedom, that, that autonomy, if you will, that the NBA players have. Okay, so the NBA players can go and 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 do some things that the the other sports, quite frankly, can't do. You can look at what happened with the Kawhi Leonard, you know, where he had, you know, like his cousin, if you will, or his brother, whoever, you know, tried to negotiate for him, which pretty much, you know, made sure that everybody and their mama know that he wasn't coming back to Toronto. The problem with that is that you know that 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 puts all the leverage on the players. And not on a team. So now what they're trying to do sounds to me what they're trying to do is you, you can call it a, a Rich Paul um, uh, the rule, but you can also just say anybody else. And I, and I agree with Darnell here. Anybody else who who wants to take take that title as agent, but they but they got that street hustler mentality when it comes to negotiating these contracts. And I think a lot of these execs are sick of that. So they're trying to put some uh, rules and some qualifications behind it. Yeah, but we are you already have a certification process. Like you already right? But you have to ask yourself why do you need another level? Why do you need another yeah. what do you, what what's happening that you're requesting another layer? And you're asking for another layer of education. Okay? Which they're saying, you know, and, and, and you're absolutely right, it's a vetting. You know, it, it's a it's a way of betting them out, saying, well, if you don't, if you didn't even go to school yourself, I think you're negotiating for somebody else. No, I'm not at all saying that it's fair. I'm asking the question. I'm asking is what is what is prompting the NBA to request another layer? Okay, well, and that other the thing, layer the thing about is a layer is, of education, and that's what it yeah, sounds like the, to me. Yeah, the thing about it, this is the NCA with question this. I don't know how much they consult the NBA on this. So the, the NCAA came up with this to as a way of allowing a recommendation. And again, so if you look at it, okay, so okay, then let's flip it again. So then, who who benefits from an agent now going to school getting a bachelor degree? The NCAA. <laughs> so, yeah. so they get your money before you make money. Because see, now these high price institutions are required to go to school to be an agent. But could Rich Paul theoretically hire someone who just does college relations and has all that? Uh, yeah, the- what they're asking for is, is out of touch, right? okay? What, they, what they're right. asking for is, is completely out of touch in, in, in today's game. As you stated, there's too many uh, professionals and too many millionaires and billionaires that has bypassed, and been quite frankly, across the board, that has bypassed a four-year degree and have gone on and made lucrative careers without it. So this, to me, if it's the NCAA saying this, this to me is a plea to say, hey, you know, you got to go to school. You know, and, and, and again, let, let, us get, let us get in on this as well. You know, if you're going to be an agent, let us, you know, pay us to make you a, a professional agent. You know, a lot of agents are lawyers. 
You know, so so I, I see them going down that line as far as a higher educational piece. But, but but trust and believe that there's money involved in it, and and the NBA, NCAA is trying to get a piece of that pie. Yeah, you hitting it right on, uh, Darnell. You were going to ask something when I asked that other question. What were you going to say? Oh, um, well, well, thinking about, but um, yeah, I think I lost it. <laughs> Yeah, because I was saying, oh, yeah. well, Chris, I, was, I mean, I Clutch, Sports could, Clutch Sports could have someone who just does college relations. Because if you think about it, you think about the NBA's timeline. Okay. Rich Paul could be like, okay, I'll have somebody who just works with college students because, what, in 2021 or 2022 or whatever it is, the, 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 the NBA is going to open it up so that kids can go directly to the league. So I'll handle those high school players who are coming directly to the league. And I'll have another staff member. Okay handle college players who just people who decide to go to college and work with them uh, to transition. I'll have somebody who does that because I own the company and I'll just handle the big time LeBron uh, who goes directly to college. That's how we'll do it. And then I'll get some of these other kids on a second contract. Like he go, he go, he's, he's a hustler. So he'll figure it out, but it just, it's unnecessary. It's, It's so unnecessary to make him out hustle you. You are not going to build a wall that he can't figure out how to get around. You're just not. Yeah. And so you're going to learn. They didn't like the fact he was what? Well, he was on he was on all these magazines, right? Sports Illustrated, all this stuff. Young, popular, in his relationship. So you got all these guys who are lawyers and whatever who was controlling this dialogue and friends and golfing with people on these teams and relationships with GMs. Now you got this young guy who is coming at you, uh, you know, uh, almost like an Al Heyman. He liked the Al Heyman in the NBA, figuring out how to put money in these youngest pockets. <laughs> right? We don't like it now. But they can't really mess with Al Heyman because Al Heyman went to one of the best business schools in America. Right? So they can't really mess with Al on low, on low level of credentials. Right? But he's kind of like the Al Heyman of the NBA, figuring out how to put more money in the pockets of, of the players. So it's interesting to watch how this evolves. He, gonna come up, he already got a plan around it, but it makes the NCAA look so petty. It makes the NCAA, again, look right. like uh, you are trying to control black athletes and you are isolating out people who have demonstrated that they have their interest. And some of that stuff pushes back on what you want to try and make uh, the, the idea of amateurism, amateurism look like as the walls are falling out. It just makes you not look good in a way that you don't look good and this is the part I, I talk about. You're, you're doing this for such a small group of people. Like, you're creating all this bad press for how many pl- players? Really? 20? Let's be real. Like, let's be real like that, who really matter. Like, when we talk about these things, you're talking like it's thousands of players. This is really about maybe 20. And if, now, there's going to be other players who are going to try it. But let's really talk like the ones who really got a chance do whatever this process you put, you're talking about 20, maybe. So why are you creating all this headache and bad press for yourself in this extra layer for what amounts to be maybe 20 athletes? That's the part I can't understand. Run the numbers on it. So that's the part that doesn't make any sense to me. You need to build, you need to build systems for the other 95.97.3 students, 
who's not going to be able to go through this. That's what you need to be thinking about, right? So I think that's the part that makes this so terrible. So, and we're going to keep an eye on this stuff, y'all. This is a great way to warm it up. You know, tonight, it's all about that NFC North. Oh, my goodness, in that AFC East. Will Brady and company, who have won 17 division championships in the past 19 seasons, do it again? Will the Lions still continue their streak of being the only franchise to not make an NFC, uh, 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 a Super Bowl appearance? This is crazy. We know it's going to be a great conversation that we're going to have in the cypher, y'all. We've just entered the cypher where we're going to be talking about, that's right, the NFC North and the AFC uh, 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 East. And for those of you who uh, who may not know, again, you can go to realsportsguys.com. We've already covered some other divisions. We've got the NFC East. We did the NFC South. Uh, we did the NFC West. And so if you just go to realsportsguys.com under the, on the podcast tab, you can listen to how we broke those things down and, and, and catch up with us uh, on that. Uh, some great stuff, great comments as we're breaking those things down. We're going to work our way through. Next week, we'll take a break from this. We'll talk about some other things. And then in two weeks, we'll come back to finish this process out, uh, hopefully timing up right about the beginning of the season uh, with some predictions on how we think things will go with the playoffs and the Super Bowl. So this has been an exciting way. It's been great kind of going through this process. Uh, what I try to do is do a high-level view of, of listed division to kind of open things up. Uh, and then we have a series of questions about each division. They're all the same questions we ask that we each kind of bring our opinion on. So we're going to start with the NFC North, which is, you know, has more teams who have serious history in the NFL, those early days of the NFL in this division. We're talking about the legacy and the history, proud division. The bad thing about it is the last time they had somebody appear in the Super Bowl, I think, was uh, 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 2010 or something like that, when the Packers did it. So this is the division that you, you think making all kinds of noise, but hasn't had the success that we that you probably think they would have had going in with some with some with some uh, with some promising seasons that never evolved. And so when we look at, we always want to start with um, uh, thinking through uh, where some of these teams uh, have found themselves uh, in what I would call uh, some of the power rankings. So we're going to start with. Uh, the the highest ranked uh, team, which is Chicago Bears, I would say they were, I think they were seventh in the power rankings. Um, just trying to make sure I'm here uh, on the Bears real quick. Uh, the the Bears were ranked the only team I believe ranked in the top ten uh, by this group. Uh, 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 they're ranked seventh. I got it right uh, in the power rankings, and we've been using the uh, ESPN uh, power rankings as a way of kind of barometers for for ranking. So the Bears are ranked. I, uh, at uh, uh, seventh uh, overall in power rankings here in the preseason, their projected wins are nine point uh, one, so around nine wins. Uh, they are believed to have a fifty five point six percent chance of making the playoffs this year. Uh, they uh, have uh, had a number of changes, but where you might look at is they built some depth, even though um, 
they uh, lost Howard uh, in a trade to the Eagles. Uh, they built some highlights. They built some depth uh, in their running back space with Mike Davis uh, and uh, uh, David Montgomery um, being there uh, uh, along with Tariq Cohen, who is, uh, been, you know, he's that he's that pass catching all kinds of back come out. So in their running game, but this is really a season uh, in our mind about uh, uh, Mitchell Trubisky, who they moved up to get. And uh, as a result, uh, they missed on Patrick Mahomes. They missed on some key quarterback opportunities, and so he's been he's been seen as a game manager, uh, but it's important for him to be seen as an impact player on offense, uh, where they were at uh, 21st in total offense last year, with a defense that was ranked third in total defense. So his job is really to pick that that offense up and and have them excel in a way that doesn't put all the pressure on the defense uh, when you think about where they're at. Uh, and we think about the Vikings. The Vikings were their power ranking is 11. They're projected to have 8.5 wins. Um, is their projected over under uh, in terms of wins this year? They have a they have a uh, their chance to make the playoffs 44.8 percent. At the end of the day, this is about the 84 million dollar man. Y'all know how I feel about Kirk Cousins. He might be your cousin, but he ain't my cousin. And this guy has got more hype. It's like he got pictures on people. And he got $84 million, and now they got to figure out how to make it work. When you look at how they, how they perform, uh, they did not perform at the level they should have performed uh, this past year. And, they, and, and, and it's going to be up to him as someone who will need to, to make the difference. Their offense did not perform at the level. Uh, we'll see with Dalvin Cook and folks like that. Adam Thielen is probably considered one of the best receivers you can make an argument for him in the, that top seven receiving core. You got you got Diggs, you got you got Kyle uh, 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 Rudolph, and so what, he's at the helm. And so, what is he going to do with this uh, offense? Given that their defense uh, was highly ranked, uh, defense was the top deep one of the top defenses uh, in the NFL. And then you got the Packers, oldest franchise. No real ownership owned by the people. You know the Lambeau Field. A lot of drama in the off season. With, you know with uh, McCarthy's departure, and what's happened with Aaron Rodgers. You know, in some ways, no quarterbacks, veteran quarterbacks, have probably been more under the microscope than Aaron Rodgers and Roethlisberger, uh, in terms of what they're going to do. Roethlisberger has been trying to be on his redemption tour, whereas Aaron Rodgers. The guy from California has been defiant. <laughs> you know, the, he is not coming. He's not coming easily to that. So he is has some friction right now with, with uh, LaFleur, the new coach. And there's some friction. So can he pull it together? Their defense has to play a bigger role. Aaron is, what, 36 this year? You know, he is almost in a point where their defense is going to have to do some things. And so they made some some investments in their defense. Uh, to try and get it up uh, in terms of drafting. They got Rashawn Gary from Michigan uh, that they brought in to shoot up that line. Uh, Preston Smith, uh, Darius Smith, uh, free agents they brought in. They make some investments to try and strengthen that defense and make themselves a little faster, quicker, and younger off the edge uh, as well. Um, so they have they made a number of investments there to try and do it. So the question is going to come down to, can you teach an old dog new tricks? Now, 
you know, my background and my training is in adult continuing education. And I say you can teach an old dog new tricks if the old dog is willing. Ah, y'all caught that one. So the question is, is Aaron Rodgers this highly intellectual guy? Does he tap into the power of reflection and understanding where he fits in that change? Is Matt LaFleur able to implement his offensive philosophy? And as I said before, can the Green Bay defense take pressure off? So those are the things that are going to be shaping part of our discussion this year. And in the 24th ranked defense, in, I mean, uh, uh, team in the NFL, let's take a moment of silence. Hank's Detroit Lions. <laughs> Woo! I, I don't know. <laughs> Projected to do seven wins. They have a 17.4% chance of making the playoffs. They hired Matt Patricia from, you know, defensive coordinator, former defensive coordinator from New England Patriots. They got their, I think their GM is a New England guy. They're hoping they have that rub off. Uh, they said the reason why they got rid of Caldwell is because nine and seven wasn't good enough. But I guess six wins is better. Uh, the players resisted the way that he ran his camp last year. They came out the gate and got crushed. So now they got to regroup. It's the second year. Uh, so they needed to get some people in. Hank was praying for them to go get a defensive player. Hank was praying for them to go get some kind of change agent. And then they get T.J. Hawkinson from uh, from Iowa, and Hank down there lost it. I, 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 uh, the text messages I can't show y'all. But they did also go get Jesse James from Pittsburgh, so they made some investments in their tight ends. Tied in is something that they are, I guess, very invested in. And uh, it's all going to come down to Matthew Stafford. At the end of the day, can Daryl Bevel, who worked with Russell Wilson, was there in Seattle, help Matthew Stafford, who Hank would probably say has extreme highs and extreme lows, be more sustain his effort over level, over a certain level, uh, certain levels in terms of this being positive production. Rather than let's not have this amazing game and then next week throw seven interceptions. I'm not going to say it like that. But this guy is considered to have, I would say, his skill set is considered to be in the top ten, his skill set. But can he perform at that level? Can Daryl Bevel do something to help to help him do that? And part of that is going to come down to can they have a consistent running game with Johnson? You know, part of maybe that helps them is that when they're in a red zone, and in that side, it can can their running game, and also with the with the, this is probably why they they went and got the young boy from Iowa, somebody who can make plays in the red zone, trying to get their version of Gronk, a security blanket, where you can start to convert uh, some of those drives that they get, and then can they build on the late success of their defense last year? People don't realize, I believe the Lions had probably one of the best defenses going down the stretch in the, the last part of the season. Can they maintain that momentum? Um, one of the things I think is going to be important for them is they have to come, they have to be at least two and two by the time they reach their week five bye. That's going to be key. If they can do that, and then it allows for them to have a week where they can regroup for that next stretch run, that's going to say a lot about uh, whether or not they can be successful or not. Um, I think I covered them all, gentlemen. I think I got everybody. Did I say something about everybody? I think I got everybody uh, on that. Um, so now we're going to go into our questions. 
And uh, we have five questions that kind of guide in our thinking for those of you who are just now tuning in. We're, we're doing our preseason divisional review, and we're talking about the NFC North right now. We've already done the East, NFC, NFC South, NFC West. You can, get, you can get to that under the podcast tab on realsportsguys.com. So we have five questions that are kind of guiding how we're, we're, we're looking at each of these divisions. So I'll start with the, the first question, and I'm going to go to – uh, uh, to Darnell to start out with this, uh, and we'll kind of do our round robin. The most important player on his team in this division, uh, the NFC uh, North. I'll start with you, uh, uh, Darnell. Dick Cal double check. I mean, this is not a hard. <laughs> this is not a hard question to answer. Who is the most important player to the team? It's Aaron Rodgers. He's the most important player to a team in the whole league, he might be. Like, the Green Bay Packers for years have neglected to surround uh, Aaron Rodgers with talent for a long time. And now, um, and, and in, a, in a way, they've seemingly almost um, wasted years off of his prime. And... Um, they, uh, you, as you mentioned, they did draft um, Rashan Gary out of Michigan, and they ended up giving him Clay Matthews' number. The year that Clay Matthews leaves, I mean, after all he did for you, I don't know. He, I don't know if he's a, a, he's not a Hall of Fame player or nothing like that. But dang, I thought he had some kind of clout within the uh, organization. But um, yeah, Green Bay, he is the guy that pretty much carries their franchise. He is, um, I know I'm not the most um, quarterback-heavy guy, but he he is so valuable to their team. Like, when he put, the difference between him on the field and him not on the field is night and day. And they need him out there. And he, he plays through injuries. That's one thing I got to send my hat off to him. So, Aaron Rodgers is the guy. Yeah, and I think you're in, in you know, I'll piggyback that I had Aaron on here. And part of it is, this is a division that hasn't had a Super Bowl representative in, you know, now it's getting to be a pretty long time. And their best opportunity, I think, for a Super Bowl representative could be argued is Green Bay. And they could probably be successful if Aaron got hurt for whatever it might be. But they're not a – with Aaron, they're a Super Bowl contender with an opportunity to win a Super Bowl if all these other pieces coming together. And I think you're clear. Like, when he's healthy and going, and, and, and to the extent that – he and Lafer can find some commonality, and he can see that this he can he can add value to his life, and they can find that. I think that's going to be important. So I, I'm, I'm with you on that, Hank. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, break from you guys a little bit, and I'm gonna go with Mitch Trubisky. So here's the reason why I say this: because what Aaron Rodgers has done as far as on the field, you know, he can is is nothing close to but incredible. What he's done off the field also uh, you have to look at as well, okay? You you had a Super Bowl winning coach, okay, in Mike McCarthy. That, 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 uh, he, he pretty much railroaded up out of there. Okay, now he's got a coach he think he can puppeteer. Okay, you're going to see what's really going on with Green Bay. They do try to make some moves, but uh, the thing about it is, is that the Chicago Bears has got the monsters of the midway again as defense, okay, and and the main monster is Khalil Mack over there, all right, and and that team was a field goal away to making it to the next round, 
Okay, and, and I think that Mr. Trubisky, and, and, and you looked at what the, the Bears did to get him, and you mentioned it, D, uh, in, in, in your preview. You know, they could have had Pat Mahomes. They could have had a couple of other quarterbacks out there. But they put all their eggs into the Mr. Trubisky basket. Deshaun. And, yep, and, and, and uh, that, that, that has to be uh, – he has to step up. He has to be that franchise quarterback because that defense is sick. They, that defense it, uh, travels. That defense is Super Bowl caliber. So what he can do with that offense and, and, and that running game is, is and, and again, that's the team that's expected to come out of the West, come out of the North is the Chicago Bears. And Mitch Trubisky is going to have to make that offense something to be uh, scared of. Yeah, you know, and I, you know, I think one of the things that is, and, and this is where the debate around Mitch becomes um, uh, uh, an interesting uh, conversation. Because, you know, part of the problem is, you know, Mitch, you can't be that guy who was ranked, who was drafted that high. And last year, your offense was 21st in total offense. Exactly. Like, you you have got to take – so what they've proven, this is where the, maybe the counter to use with this is that they've proven they've been able to win in spite of him. Right? He's made some plays. Like, now he hasn't. But because they had a third rank, they like the third rank uh, defense uh, in, in in the NFL. Their defense scores points, or the defense creates moments. The defense creates, and so he just had to be able to cap it off. But you're right; at a certain moment, you've got to demonstrate and gain the confidence that you can make winning plays. And I almost had him in that same spot with you, uh, because for them to go to that next level, um, for them to be that type of player. Um, or to be that to, to be able to get with a hump in uh, in the uh, NFC uh, with some of the high powered offenses they they might face, he got to make some plays. And you know, last year in the game they lost, he threw for 300 yards. He threw any picks. Um, they missed a field goal that was, you know, they gave the kid uh, 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 was it Parkey, whatever his name, uh, you know, his, the, the, it got tipped, but it went to ding dong, and you know, Chicago folks lost their mind. Now they got this crazy uh, uh, field goal. Uh, competition where where guys are coming in and it, it's all kind of, like it's like a revolving door trying to figure out who's going to be the kicker. So they create this circus. But he, at the end of the day, he's got to make plays so they don't have to kick field goals. They kick an extra point or going for two. So I think you are raising some interesting uh, points around his role uh, a, as well. It's surprising that you know Matt Stafford was one of those people that we said was most important. But I digress. Um, I, I will, but not, I, I might have a surprise. <laughs> I might have a surprise here. Hank, I'm gonna go to you. Which player do you think would have a breakout season in the uh, uh, NFC uh, North? Well, now to me, I think this is an easy one. I think if you don't look at Dalvin Cook, then you look in the wrong direction. I think Dalvin Cook is ready to just lose his mind. You know, before he got hurt two years ago. He looked like he was about to just run away with the rookie of the year. Come back last year, you know, had a so-so season in my opinion. But I think that for the reasons that you mentioned about Kirk Cousins, you have a, a running game that you have to respect. And that takes some pressure off of Kirk Cousins. Minnesota is that team that is the enigma, in my opinion, in this division. Because they were a step away from the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Uh, before losing to Philadelphia, 
They were supposed to be the team to beat. The defense was supposed to be out of this well. Uh, and and they had a and a, cra- a crazy run with Case Keenum. The problem was they they their running game uh, didn't take any pressure off. And I think with another year of of getting back, I think you're going to see Dalvin Cook uh, explode. The Dalvin Cook we remember from Florida State, that that Dalvin Cook, and if, and if he that Dalvin Cook uh, from Minnesota. Now 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 we can look at that team as being a legitimate contender for the playoffs. Dalvin Cook, I mean, and I almost went with Dalvin Cook um, uh, in a way. I mean, because I think people have forgotten how good Dalvin Cook uh, is. Um, that was almost like I, I have a, I have a surprise. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go with, but I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with the, uh, to Darnell to uh, talk about who do you think will be the breakout player for the NFC North for the season. I like Dalvin Cook, but I'm gonna go Denver Montgomery, the running back for for the Bears. I saw a video of him in training camp running through everybody. It was like um, that Mary Mary song. Got the shackles off my feet so I can dance. <laughs> dude, this dude ran through three tackles consecutively. I was like, man, he's a problem, and he's a he's gonna take he's gonna take a lot of those touches that Jordan Howard had. And he's on the Eagles now, but he's gonna share. He's gonna have to share a little bit with Tree Cohen. But um, I, I got David Montgomery. I have a feeling he's gonna have a really good season, especially because, like you mentioned, Mr. Bisky, you said he's gonna be the most important player to his team, and I don't think he's that good. He's okay, but um, they're gonna rely a little bit on the running game. So I got David Montgomery. <laughs> Way to go! Good stuff, man. Good stuff. So uh, we got a running back theme going up here in the north. It would tell you because they, they're going. You got bad weather late in the year. Now we got some dome stadium, and we got some stuff to to, to mitigate some of that. But I'm this is going to be a surprise. I'm going with Carryon Johnson, kid out of Auburn. That's, he, he, he just tried to push that screen. That's what you want to do. No, so you, see, you, I, you, you, you know that I got a good report from my doctor. My blood pressure is down. And so you're coming on here on these airways, and you're doing all you can to push this thing up by 15 to 30 points. I ain't going to let you do it, though. <laughs> and I got a rationale. He he had, oh, I mean, only second, you know, Aaron Jones is another guy that we could have said with the Packers. But he he had uh, average per carry, I think it was, uh, what was it, around 5.4 yards per carry. You got you got Bevel, who uh, is coming over as the offensive coordinator, who is, wants to emphasize on the run. One of the things about why they did that first-round draft choice uh, in, in, in terms of uh, uh, Hawkinson is coming out of Iowa, this is a guy who can catch and run block. And at the same time, they got, they got um, uh, y- your boy uh, James, uh, Jesse James from uh, Pittsburgh, who's a great run blocker. So I think their running game is going to improve because I think they have tight ends as well who can block and extend that running game. And they're going to use that as part of their play action to set up their pass. So I, they, I think they're going to have a better, more emphasis on run. And this guy can run. He can run at Auburn. He can run here. He can run downhill. And so I think this guy, because of the, the – I think the scheme is going to feature him in different ways to take some pressure off of Matt Stafford and make Matt Stafford's passing game more efficient. Because you still got to honor Matt Stafford because he can sling it. But it's going to open up this running game. I think he's going to be good in a screen game. Uh, when you think about Bevel and his influences on his offensive 
with Bevel as a coordinator. So that's why I go with him. I think he's going to have a breakout season. And if the Lions are successful, it's going to be because they have a running game going along with that defense that got strong down the stretch to really um, allow them to be more consistent uh, on the offensive side of the ball. So that's what I'm going to go. I'm sorry about Hank, but, I, you know, I looked at all this. I've been studying all this. But I think everybody y'all said for good reasons. Um, I, I think I think this division is going to be the toughest and most competitive division in football and interesting and fun with storylines. So I'm loving it. What the team that is going – that will underperform expectations. And so this is where I talked earlier about the over-under and where people are going to win about wins uh, – uh, kind of projection for over-under for wins. And so this is what we're basing the, the over-under expectations on. Uh, I'll, I'll go first. I think the Vikings are going to underperform. And part of this is, up until this point, I have not seen, at a certain point, your quarterback's got to win it. And, and there's a couple things here. They have a head coach who loves to run the football. In a, in a league that's open up about passing. I mean, he fired his offensive coordinator because he didn't run the ball last, as much last year. And at a certain point, your quarterback has got to make plays. You pay this cat $84 million. I think the pressure is going to mount. I think the defensive side of that locker room is going to get upset while we pay this cat all this money. We could have kept our previous quarterback who helped us win, who's traveled around. We could have had some continuity. And I just think given their projection that they're going to underperform. I think the Vikings are going to underperform because I see some of these other teams getting better in some of the other places. And it's not like they're going to, they're going to lose some close games where the ball just didn't click their way and pressure's going to mount. So I got the Vikings. I'm going to go to Hank. You know, that, that's, that's a good pick. And, you know, if this was any other division, I'd go along with you. But if I don't do this, then I need to come off of this show. <laughs> there's, 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 there's no denying who I'm going to pick. Okay? The fun is I'm going to tell you why. See, here's the reason why I'm going to pick my Detroit Lions to underachieve oh, yet again for another season. Okay? Because, see... Where, you know, I can understand you try to do all you can to, you know, boost up enough enthusiasm and boost up enough, you know, well, this is that, and Kerryon Johnson is this, and Matthew Stafford, that baloney. Horse crap. It's the Detroit Lions. Okay? You just got through saying that you had, you had a bunch of professional football players that didn't buy into the coach and quit on the first game of the season last year. At home at Monday night against the Jets. Okay? That sounds just like the Tonight I'm watching the preseason game. They've been practicing with the New England Patriots all week. It's 31 to nothing. Patriots. In the preseason game. Are you kidding me? Okay? They've got a backup quarterback. His last name is Fails. I'm not making this kind of stuff up. Fails. Okay, that ought to tell you what you need to deal with right now today. Okay, you've got a backup quarterback for the Detroit Lions. His last name is Fails. This is why, listen, you got them, they got them picking them to win six games this year. Okay, that's the over and under, six games. Okay, I'm going under. 
because I can't see this team. I don't know where they're going to get them from. You've got a 10-year veteran quarterback that you've got to bring in uh, offensive coordinator <laughs> to say, let's run the football. <laughs> Are you understanding what I'm saying here? Because this guy can't throw it to me and you without somebody stepping in the middle of it. Okay? This is what I'm talking about. You've got a second-year quarterback, but you've got a second-year uh, coach who's trying to do it the Patriot way, but he's not Bill Belichick. With a ten-year quarterback who's not Tom Brady, okay, with a, with a, and, and you go and get, uh, like I said before our show, you go and get a say you got a, um, a, a GM who's got the whole board in front of him to pick somebody to do an impact for this team, and who does he pick? I said it then, I said it again. Hank Davis out of Western Michigan. Their eligibility is up. Yeah, this is the Lions pick. They're going three and thirteen, and I will not. And I'll be shocked if they get a game after that. <laughs> oh my goodness! I waited for this moment, and I am so happy that it came. Hey, look, man, <laughs> you made that thing out so thoroughly. I have a counter, but I don't even want to counter it. I'm just gonna take it because it's your word. It's your pick. My you help goodness. me understand. You want to, I know where you want to go. You want to go with that defense, and that's lovely. But the defense cannot play 60 minutes a game, okay? And and, and Matthew Stafford is, is the equivalent of an infield giving up five outs in any in baseball, okay? He's just not going to perform when you need him to perform. It, it, the writing is on the wall, all right? They, they, they have tried to give him weapons. He can't get him the rock. Okay, they change the offensive coordinators, they lose their job. The only one that's still been there is him. They, they, they change GMs, and they're still a 6 and 10 team. Don't get, I, I don't want to hear about it. Okay, I don't want to hear about it. When it comes to the Detroit Lions, we Red Wings. All right. It, it has been said, it has been blessed, it has been done. Hank has made his statement. I got to go to the youngin'. All right, Darnell. How do you follow that? Who do you have? Who will underperform? Uh, no further comment. <laughs> I'm going with the Detroit Lions. The explanation's already been given. Oh my goodness! Right there, not too far from the stadium. Both of them try to do it. Now I'm I'm in my rehabilitation program right now. Okay, so we're gonna go to teams that will overperform expectations. Now, I'm going to tell a little story before I did this. You know, most people have asked me about this team and why I have not. I don't root for the team. And my team is the Detroit Lions, who overform expectations. And the, I started out, people used to ask me, they knew us from Michigan. They're like, you're not a Lions fan? And I said, name someone who's coached the Lions for a full season, been fired and gone on a coach again. And people always start with, like, I think Mariucci is always the obvious one. I'm like, look, Mariucci went to the – Mariucci was so depressed after that experience. He went to the NFL Network and had never looked back. Like, this is a guy who won at San Francisco, came back out here. I think the only possibility they might have at this point maybe Jim Caldwell get another opportunity. But Wayne Fonce is always one they raise. And they say – I'm like, no, Wayne Fonce. Wayne Fonce has disappeared. Wayne Fonce had a whole bunch of other problems. You know, and – it's always something. But as I started looking at this, 
I said every dog has its day. This is for the spirits of Dexter Bussy. This is for Billy Sims. This is for all those cats when we was when we were saying another one bites the dust and another one jumps. Oh, you know that back in the day, you Detroit folks, when they was they we thought they was going somewhere. It's for what? They Eric Hipp- pay off that <laughs> Don't mess up my moment, man. I'm trying to inspire <laughs> the young folks. But I think this is what I think. I think that Bevel will, will offensively do the kind of things that will allow Matthew Stafford to realize his potential. Because he's gonna minim he's not gonna just let him sling. The offense they're bringing in, well, he'll get him throwing on timing, get his confidence up, and I think they're going to have a better running game. I think the fact that that, uh, they've made some additions and they're trying to strengthen their line, and then defensively, they've loaded up. They've drafted on defense with some cats, and that defense can get better if the offense doesn't have them on the field all the time. The offense can complete drives. And when you look at at, um, their schedule, I think they have a schedule – that is very doable for them, given their level of talent that they should be able to display. And so, yeah, they, you know, I don't, I don't really pay attention to preseason law. There's teams, my Steelers used to get beat back because they never really played anybody. Depends on who you try to look at, you know, who you're trying to play. You know, Matt Patricia might be deciding he's going to play all his back. I don't get too much caught up in what's happening in preseason. But they, they're at Arizona, which they should win. The L.A. Chargers is going to be a difficult game, but that's at the crib. They should, they're should they at home. It'll be a close one. They might steal it. At Philadelphia is a difficult one, and they got Kansas City. But if they can get out of that first couple, that first run, two and two, then they got to play at Green Bay on Monday night. They play Minnesota. And I think if they split those, but then they go to Giants. They go at Oakland. They play Chicago. Chicago offensively ain't going to scare nobody. So they, if they can match him defensively, Trubisky got to show he can do something, and they don't have a good defense. Then they play Dallas. Dallas, you don't know where Dallas is going to be at that point. Uh, they play at Washington. They got Chicago. So they got some winners. They got Tampa Bay at the end. Denver, we don't know what's going to happen with Denver. So they got some games that they can win down the stretch if these guys play. And they're, they're only saying, and this is we're talking about, are they going to outperform expectations? They expect to have seven wins. I think this is a team that can win nine games. So, <laughs> that's the ambulance coming for you, bro. I think you had an aneurysm. <laughs> so I made my try. I'm done. So I'm gonna pass it over to you, Darnell. Who do you think will outperform the expectations? As in terms of the over under, who will be over? That's a tough one for me because the rest of them I see from being right where they're at. But um, if I had to pick a team, uh, maybe I'd say Chicago. There's a chance that Chicago, um, like like um, Hank said, Mr. Bisky being the uh, most important player on the team, maybe he can, um, if he makes that jump. In his third year, maybe, um, and he becomes the player that he was um, meant to be in his high draft position, then he can take the Chicago Bears to the next level. And if he does that, 
Nick Willis had a Super Bowl contender team. So the uh, five to pick a team that can outperform expectations, I would say them. Okay, 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 okay. Hank, who, did you ever say who do you have, Hank? No, I haven't picked anybody to to overachieve, but if I have yeah. to pick someone to overachieve, it's it's I'm going to pick the Minnesota Vikings, and I'm picking the Minnesota Vikings in spite of Kirk Cousins. I'm picking them because I expect Dalvin Cook to have that season that I talked about. And if you've got you a solid running game and a, and a solid football team, and this team again, two years away, they were one game away from the Super Bowl. Okay. Um, they've got pretty much everybody back in place with the exception of their quarterback spot. Now, they spent a gazillion dollars to get Kirk Cousins over there, okay? And it's the same rules apply with Kirk Cousins that apply with Mitch Trubisky, okay? And, and with that being said, it's like you've got a running game. You've got a back. That's a game changer, all right? You just got to be able to do what they paid you to do, okay? Now, you, it was at Fool's Goal that we saw in Washington, or, or or is there something to that? That needs to be seen, and it needs to be seen this year. And I believe that you're going to have enough of a running game with a solid team, with an offensive, solid offensive line, I believe, that's going to be able to get a couple of downs. That does not make them necessarily a playoff team, but I do believe that they improved from last year's record. And my only challenge is, is not just Kirk Cousins, but I think Zimmer is – still old school in terms of has he moved into this new era of, of offensive football and how might that affect what they asked Kirk Cousins to do? You remember he, he fired his OC because he felt like he wasn't running the football like he wanted to run. Now you could have made an argument or not, but, but that's going to be interesting to see with all that talent, how they manage that. So I think you got, you got a real interesting. So we go to our final standings and playoff things. One of the things we want to contextualize, and why we went through all this kind of discussion is a lot of people talk about what they think the standings and division winners, but some divisions are so strong that they might have multiple teams, even though you, that team might not win the division. They might have, we might think they got multiple teams who could make playoff runs. And this might be one of those divisions that we think, even though all the things we said, when we look at the landscape, we might say they got one team or multiple teams that we think at the end of the day, they could be making runs for either wild card or playoffs. So we're not only going to get a final standing, but we're going to highlight the teams that we think might be making that push for the for uh, for uh, a playoff spot. And so I'll start with uh, Hank. I'll go back. You got some more. Uh-uh, we're going to end. We're going to end with Hank, given this is your division. And so we'll go with Darnell. <laughs> we'll come back to Hank on this one to give you the last say on this uh, NFC North before we have maybe a broader deliberation. All right, Darnell, who you got? What's your order? All right, so number one, I have the Chicago Bears. Dominant defense, headlined by the man that is uh, known as the, top, as the top three player in the NFL today, Khalil Mack. He is an absolute game changer. He can wreck offenses single-handedly. But being on the team that he is, he doesn't have to. He's playing with, uh, with the playmaker in Eddie Jackson. He's playing with Roquan Smith, which is a, a, a very good up and coming linebacker out of Georgia. Their their defense is very good. They have good DBs as well, like um Prince um, uh, Makamura. Um, oh, Prince Makamura, I think his name is. I'm sorry, he he, he came from um, Nebraska. He also played for the Giants before he came to Chicago. He has he he made a, he had a bounce back year last year, 
And you also have on the other side, you have Kyle Fuller. And Kyle Fuller is another playmaker. He um, is a guy that has been overlooked and understated for a long time. He is a very good player. He, he's kind of undersized for a corner, but he's actually he's really good. And then on the offensive end of the ball, you have David Montgomery. You have a young man, two headed two headed monster. David Montgomery coming out of coming out of college, and you also have three corners. So he's going to be good there. And we'll see what Mitch Trubisky has to do. But I think the defense is going to give a lot of guys trouble. A lot of guys trouble. And number two, for a lot of similar reasons, I have to go with Minnesota Vikings. Because they they uh they're not necessarily as strong as Chicago, but they can do a lot of similar things with um, you know, Harrison Smith, Everson Griffin, those guys, you know what I'm saying? You have Xavier Rhodes on the outside. On offense you have Dalvin Cook like Hank has stated. And you also have Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen, which is another big problem on the outside as receivers with Kyle Rudolph um you know controlling the middle right side in. But thirdly even though I said Aaron Rodgers, he's the most important player in the division. The Green Bay practice after is going third to me because honestly, I don't think they're physical enough. They're just not physical enough for me because you know when the, when, when the push comes to shove in the playoff game, I know Aaron Rodgers he's a game changer. He can make plays with his arm and he can win games for you. But a lot of times, well, most of the times the games are one of lost in the trenches. And I don't know if Green Bay is necessarily physical enough to withstand the pounding that playoff football comes and, you know, end of the season when, when the going gets tough. I don't know if they can necessarily handle it. But um, my fourth team is your Detroit Lions. The accident waiting to happen, just like I said about Michigan, even though they – something about these Michigan teams, man. The Michigan Wolverines, they're, they're a lot better team than the Detroit Lions. We're talking team. about them. Good. the Lions. It's an accident waiting. It's an accident waiting to happen. Well, I saw the video on Twitter um, of all the things that have went wrong in the last like four or five years, from the Megatron catch to the pass interference against um, the Dallas Cowboys, to that um, goal line play that happened a couple of years ago. It seems like when just when we get this close, something always goes wrong and. I'm sorry to say it, but if I can predict the team to be last, it has to be Detroit. Because whatever can go wrong, will go wrong. The mistake with the great work. <laughs> that was a great summary. My goodness. Youngin came out the gate, and he was like, take that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this. So who do you think will make the playoffs? Oh, I got Chicago for sure. And if Minnesota might sneak in there or Green Bay might sneak in there. But if I was to pick a team, I would just say Chicago. I don't know if both of them are going to make it. So I'd just say Chicago. Because I think uh, the NFC East is going to have two wild card teams. I mean, not two. They're going to have one. And, um, the NFC South might have another one, so I think um, the North is only going to have one thing. Oh, all right. So the way I got the standings going, I got the Packers. And the reason why is that I think part of what will balance out Aaron Rodgers a little bit, and, you know, sometimes he's just going to have to have his Wheaties 
and his Wheaties are in the form of of uh, of his running backs. His running backs he got down that that I think can give him a one uh, a, a one two punch uh, will be uh, very imp- uh, important. So he has Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones, and I think both of them are going to help set the tone. And and, and Aaron Rodgers off that play action, you know, with with uh, Devontae Adams and, and a young crew that they're building up um, offensively. Uh, is going to be uh, uh, incredible. You, you still believe? I said they got they got Jimmy Graham. So, I, but I think it's all going to come off that running game, and I think you might see a little bit more of the screen game. One of the things that made Green Bay really good through through some of those runs, Green Green Bay has some of the most innovative screen games with their running backs, and because they haven't had the production at that running back to kind of set the the the, the, the tone and the edge and the kind of create. Um, the opportunities for play action and the timing around that, I think that's cost him over time. So what you just have is Aaron Rodgers in the shotgun. People already know where he's at. And uh, people able to set their defense better. So I just think there's going to be a lot more balance uh, in that offense. And I think their defense is going to be better. I think their defense is going to be at least a top 10 defense um, this year. And I think um, they've invested a lot in their defense up the middle and uh, their linebacking core. And so I think um, that defense will be – will balance things out a little bit so that when, when it's Aaron time, he's going to be able to make plays. And that's also can keep him healthy. And so I think over time, he's going to see that LaFour's plan is uh, going to benefit him long time. That's just, you know, this is kind of how relationships start. So I think they're going to be, be there because when you look at this, it's still a quarterback league in this league. They have so many close games because of every game is almost like a rivalry. And in those close games, when you're talking about two-minute drills, who's going to win those duels? I think Aaron Rodgers is going to win them duels more times than not. He ain't afraid to go up into Minnesota and, and, and say relax and, and have a two-minute drive and go down there and do it. He's already done it on the main stage on a Hail Mary against the Lions and run around. Hey, he's I mean, he's, Chicago, though. He, well, he's going to go to Chicago. You know, you, you're assuming <laughs> that. I mean, but at the same time in that game, their defense might be shaking up because Trubisky can't do the two minutes, so they might be on him. So it, I think they're going to do it. And then I got a surprise. I think the Lions going to be two. And I think this is all. I think the Lions are going to be two. And I think that they're going to establish a running game. And this is why I think the Lions going to be two because I've been so critical of their coach. It's just in my spirit to be. They go. They was going to prove me wrong. I've been so critical. I think they should have kept Caldwell. But and, and the GM came out and said something crazy. And I'm just thinking, you know what? They're going to end up too. Because my hate is going to come back to get me. So I think they're going to end up too. And then the Bears will end up three. Because I just, at the end of the day, that defense is great. The offense has got to score points. And when you're the number two draft choice and they're already calling you a game manager, I just don't know where he's going to go. I just don't, th- I don't think he – He's going to make that jump. The same kind of questions we might have about golf and some of those folks, I don't know if he's going to make that jump. And I'm not confident. Confident. And then the Vikings, I think all the stuff y'all said right about the Vikings. I just don't trust the $84 million man. And they got a coach who's conservative, meaning that he's a defensive head coach. And when they should be ramping it up, going high speed to open up things for Dalvin Cook, he gonna try and rig. He gonna try and rank it down. And I think that's gonna hurt him in key games. And I like Zimmer, you know, but he might be 
in somewhat, some way, the defensive version of North Turner, a great coordinator, a guy who might be able to get you to certain places, but might not have enough to let loose on the uh, 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 on the reins to allow them to realize their full full potential. When you got those kind of receivers, they got they should be playing much faster. And I just don't think he's comfortable playing at that speed. He'll get a headache playing at that speed. But that's just when you look at the when y'all laid out their receivers, they should be playing much more up tempo, opening up the running game for Dalvin Cook because Dalvin can play in that space. But I don't think he's comfortable with that level of speed. And I, they'll line up, they'll do stuff, and people will be able to load in ways and put them in predictable situations where you're not seeing that talent being realized. And in this division, where I think all these defenses are going to be good. That's going to cost them. So that's mine. I think the Packers and the Lions, I think the Lions will make the playoffs. I think they're going to get two teams because I think they play um, they play some of these other teams head-to-head, and I think I think their defenses are um, – all these guys' defense is going to be better than most of these other teams. And so they'll win it down the stretch. That's my opinion. I'm going to sit with that. Just overall reflections before we move on to the NFC uh, – to the uh, – the, uh, Hold AFC on a second. East. What about me? Oh, yeah, I forgot about you. I knew where you were going to be. Yeah, don't forget about yeah, me. I'm, I'm not going to get away with that one. We're supposed to end up with you. Not a you chance. Not a chance. You poor damn fool. I am not letting <laughs> you get away with that one. <laughs> let me tell you something. Uh, uh, let me tell you something. First of all, I'm picking the Bears, okay? I'm picking the Bears and Khalil Mack, okay? And that team is, is going to have blood in their eyes. Especially how the season went lost last year. And I think Mr. Trubisky does take another step up. Okay, I don't think you're going to see the same team as last year. I think you're going to see a better one. Okay, secondly, we move to the second place team. I think Minnesota makes that move. Okay, I think they've got, when you start talking about talent in the division, okay, that team is it was very, very close. And they're going to, and yeah, you, and for the reasons you mentioned, people have not really seen Dalvin Cook the Dalvin Cook that we know of because he's been injured. He's been kind of getting himself back together. This young man is the truth. He is a dangerous weapon, okay? He is a very dangerous weapon, the most dangerous weapon the Vikings have had since Adrian uh, Peterson left, okay? And I think that they're going to utilize that. That was a working uh, a, a plan for them for a long time. Thirdly, I got the Green, I got the green Bay Packers simply because I just think that Aaron Rodgers – is a cancer. He's very, very talented, but it, 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 it says something, okay, about that team, okay, about what they did, the successes that they've had. Can you imagine if something like that had happened in New England where a coach has won a Super Bowl, gets run off by the quarterback? It just doesn't happen, but it happened in Green Bay. And then for that long, I think they're going to be 8-18 and 18 at best. And as far as the Detroit Lions, they're going to be out of the playoff hunt by Labor Day, mark it down. <laughs> this is even better than I anticipated. <laughs> I've been waiting. This was even better than I anticipated. My goodness, you have totally torched your Detroit Lions. Like you have beat them down to a level. That I don't know. They, 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 they started it, D. They started it. Okay, I'm not beating them down like 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 I, my my heart's been broken from last year. 
My heart has been broken for the last 40 years. Y'all don't understand, see. This, I know. This, 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 this is a cynicism that they, that they ripped away from a young man, you know, who had him a Detroit Lion banner in his bedroom and a Detroit Lion sweatshirt, okay, who remembers the devastating fight and that loss to Dallas back in the 70s. The young one you haven't even thought about yet, Okay. Back in 1991, when we thought we had a hope to go to the Super Bowl only to get blanked by the Washington Redskins, an embarrassment, okay, 40-some-odd points. But Barry Sanders walks away with an opportunity to be the, the, the best rusher in football. This is this isn't a sentence. I'm not giving them nothing. They'll be out the playoffs by Labor Day. And so you are listening to our one Mike, we are doing our NFL divisional reviews. We've already done other reviews. Go to realsportsguys.com under the podcast. You can listen to our other reviews we've done with other divisions. We've been looking at the NFC um, North. We spent a lot of time on the NFC North because we ain't got to spend that much time on the NFC East. Like we're going to go through this thing faster than everything else. Why? Because the Patriots has won this thing. The last time the Patriots won this thing, so they won, they won this thing going back to when Hill Street Blues was on. That's how a bunch they dominated the game. <laughs> so, so, so I'm going to do it quick. They're over under. The better than you want to mess with it is 10.5 games. They have an 85 85.8% chance of making the playoffs. I'm not even going to do another review of them. I'm not even going to talk about the Patriots other than that. They're the fourth power in the power rankings. I'm not going to talk about that. We're going to go down to the next team. This will say everything we've got to say about this. They're at four. Their next highest-ranked team is the New York Jets at 26. Let me say that again. The Patriots are at four. The next highest-ranked team in the power ranking are the Jets, the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 at 26. Excuse me, 26. They are projected with 7.2 wins in terms of over-under. They have a 21.3% chance of making the playoffs. Obviously, you know, they uh, they had Le'Veon Bell as a new addition um, in terms of in, – in, in, in a difference maker. Um, that's the biggest thing. And it's going to be all about Sam Darnold. That's all I'm going to say. And, and I got some other analysis that will go on this a little bit later. Then the next one is 27th ranked uh, power ranking is the Buffalo Bills. Now, the thing about the Buffalo Bills is that it's a weird team. You know, they had – they they had a to- – their, to- their defense was – second-ranked total defense in the NFL. But they lost defensive tackle Kyle Williams up the middle, who anchored the middle. But they got some other additions, so their defense gave it. But their offense was 30th ranked. Obviously, they had a rookie quarterback in Josh Allen. He, he's got a full offseason. He's coming in. Can he can he do what he needs to do uh, to, to make that next jump? We'll see. But they got a great defense. We don't know what the effect of losing Williams will have on them in terms of being strong up the middle. But that's where they are. The next ranked team is 32 ranked, the Miami Dolphins. Now, if there's any other team that might frustrate people, maybe more so or close to the Lions, it could be the Dolphins. They have messed up this and there. They had to trade their 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 quarterback. They invested some time in, and they brought in Josh Rosen. But we don't know if Josh Rosen is going to start. There's a question about him. We don't know what's going on with Josh. Where's Josh? They got a hole in their in their quarterback space, but they brought him in with the idea this could be a feature. We're not sure. Right now, he's third on the depth chart. Their defense 
has to do something. They were 29th overall. But the thing about the Dolphins is that I think they had the most injuries of any team last year. They were bit by injury bug. And so a lot of uh, their challenges are going to come down to uh, whether or not um, they can stay healthy and uh, have some of the investments that they made in terms of uh, bringing in some of the free agents they made to try and move uh, this. Uh, they do head coach. Brian Flores is a former, I believe, a, a patriot, a, a Belichick disciple. So, you know, again, we, we got all these Belichick coaches, but there's, there's been uh, there's been trends about these Belichick coaches not doing as well, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with them. And so that's the AFC East. We're going to start with the most important player on his team in the division. Let me hear from you, Hank. Who you got? Listen, this is easy. It's got to be time terrific. And simply because the the, the question is, where can he go in his, what is he, 41, his 41st year? Where can he go? I mean, the rest of the division is, is just a toss-up of who's going to finish second. But what is Tom going to do in his 41st year? Okay, is he, you know, this, this is what you want to see right now. What, what, what do we see right there? And who's behind him? You know, who, who's behind Tom, Tom Brady? What happens if he gets hurt? You know, Gronk is retired. You know, some of those other weeks we see Edelman and all those guys, you know, they're getting older and these sort of things. But Tom figures out a way to keep it going. So we're not taking up too much more time because there's no more time to take on that. Tom, Tom Brady. All right. Who you got, youngin? I got, uh, hit, y'all got to hit the hole, Le'Veon. I got Le'Veon Bell because um, exact, they need weapons in a bad way. You have a very young quarterback in Sam Darnold trying to find his way in the league. He's going to get so many cutters in a variety of ways. He's the switch army knife of running back. He can run routes like a receiver. He can run out of the backfield. He can catch passes out of the backfield. He can line up out of the spot. He can do so many things. And Tom Brady, he he's probably the best player in the division, except that um, the Patriots have so much around them. Like they have um, the PBU King and Stephon Gilmore. They have a good defense that absolutely shut down the um, Rams. I was going to say the St. Louis Rams last year. I, I always mess that up. But they shut down the Rams last year, which was a high-flying offense that um, they shut them completely out of the game. And you also have a running game that has evolved uh, through last year and last year's playoffs. And you also have a very reliable receiver in Julian Edelman that can find ways to get open. And even if you have a guy that's not as talented as Tom Brady, I think he can he can be able to fit um, those – he can fit the ball into those windows that um, Julian Edelman creates. Yeah, and, and I – you know, I know everybody's going to say Tom Brady. And I said the same thing. I think um, – Tom is great, but I, I think he's in his later years benefited from also having Belichick and folks how they scheme. They and they set trends. And when all these people are moving away from the run, they they ran the ball using uh, their multiple set of running backs last year, establishing the run. And he, I, and I said a couple of years ago, everybody was getting on Belichick and his defense. And Belichick, I said, well, okay, Belichick was like he pulled a KD. Like, you know my name. My name is Belichick. And if you watch over the past three or four years in the draft, they've invested on defense. And you start to see that pay off. And you watched it really pay off last year. 
And so I think it's really allowed uh, Tom Brady to kind of be sustained in ways. He's still, like you said, probably the most talented person in the division just because of his longevity as well. I mean, when, you, when you've been beating people down who's never been, you, you don't allow them to be a, a mountain. You keep them as a molehill. You never allow them to grow up. You kill them while they're young. That's what they've been doing with these teams, never letting them get off the map. And that's how they've been beating them down. But now, I think the best I'm with you, youngin, Le'Veon Bell. If you look at the Jets' offense, they were 29th in total offense, 26th in rushing, and 20, uh, 25th in passing. He significantly improves both of those for all the things that uh, that Darnell said. And 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 also, this is Sam Donaldson, who um, um, uh, Sam da- uh, 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 uh opportunity to build on how he ended the season, where he was near one of you know near the top in terms of quarterbacks that last quarter of the season. To now have a security blanket to really improve in his um, uh, in terms of his maturity, and they also invested on defense. But I think Le'Veon, the thing I would say, as much as I've talked about him, you know, as a, a Steeler fan, he allows you to set tempo on the game. He allows you to control things. He gets you first downs and moves chains in ways. He slips through holes. He extends drives. He is like when you are, when you when you want to control tempo, he's your he's your answer. And he can do it in multiple ways if you're creative offensively. So I think Le'Veon Bell is probably the most important person in the division because if anyone's going to challenge the Patriots, it could be the Jets. And the way they can do it is someone like Le'Veon, who's already seen the Jet uh, the Patriots and, and, and is not going to be intimidated by going in a game like that and can lead from that position. So I think this is great stuff, uh, great points on that. Player who will uh, have a breakout season. Let me go with uh, Hank. Who do you who do you think will have a breakout season? Well, that's <laughs> that, that was going to be Le'Veon Bell to me. Yeah. I think Le'Veon and the Jets. Uh, he's going to have a breakout season simply because he didn't play last year. Okay, <laughs> and and we're all looking with, with bated breath to see what he's going to do. And so you know, while you you make him the most important player on his team. He's going to have a breakout season simply because of that. Like I said, he didn't play. He's probably the he's the freshest of anybody else out there, and I, I really expect him to to climb the Jackson. I really expect him to be a, a, a nice compliment for Sam Darnold. And I was saying, I'm saying Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm I'm going crazy on it. I was most critical, so, so and y'all just let me out in these streets like that. But that's okay. That's a, my brother's teeth. So Sam Donald, listen. So I will go next, and I'll just say Sam Donald. I think that he's gonna have a breakout season because he has Le'Veon. Um, and he had a great uh, end of his season last year. Um, I was concerned about his his biggest issue, and, and people have to real, real, realize from high school to now, he hasn't played that many games. From from high school to USC to now, he's still learning and developing as a quarterback. We talk about the number of snaps, number of times he's been on the center. Uh, and so that was my concern when, when be, people were making comparisons between him and Baker, where I thought he could be successful. His, 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 his trajectory is going to be a little bit longer than Baker's because he don't have as many snaps as Baker. This can accelerate your because you've got somebody who's security blanket, and that can, uh, can mitigate any kind of turnover. So Sam Darnold, I think, is going to have the breakout season um, and emerge as that, that, that up-and-coming quarterback because he's got this, security blanket uh, called Le'Veon Bell. 
Uh, I want to go over to the young and who you got? First of all, Le'Veon Bell, a breakout season, this man is a multiple-time pro bowler. How can he break out? <laughs> what did I say? Le'Veon Bell is he did not play last year. I said simply because he didn't play last year. Oh, okay. But my pick is going to be um, one other than Quinn Williams because I think this defense is going to act a fool this season. They have Jamal Adams. They have C.J. Mosley from Alabama. They're going to act a fool. They got... Leonard Williams as well. Put him next to Quentin Williams. Man, they're like a fool on defense. And Quentin Williams gonna um he's gonna feed off of the talent that's around him on defense. And he is another he he's a great player in and of himself because he has an excellent first step. He's good with his hands. He um he's gonna have a breakout season this year. He's gonna be he's gonna be in the conversation for defensive player and not defensive players, but defensive rookie of the year, my fault. And so my guy is Quentin Williams, Alabama. Okay. I love it. All right. We're going to go here to uh, the team that will um, underperform expectations based on the over-under stuff I said. Um, I'll open up with this one, Buffalo Bills. I just don't think Josh Allen is ready. And I think for some of the reasons you just said, I think the Jets' defense is going to be ruthless. I think um, the Patriots' defense is going to be ruthless. I think the Dolphins' defense will be solid. So he's going to be developing in his own division. He's going to be facing really good defenses who are going to come after him. Now, he's got some help, you know, with, uh, with Shady and some folks. But I think they already know they can force him to play quarterback and win. And so I, I think he's a year or two away from – from making things happen. I think they'll be in every game. I just think that when it comes down to him having to make plays against, um, uh, you know, against Sam Darnold or having to make plays against Brady or even, you know, what might ever come out of Miami, not including some of the, the games they have to play, you know, uh, you know, out of conference and stuff like that. I just don't, don't think they will. Um, I think they're going to struggle this year um, in, in ways that um, it's just because he's not ready to go to that next level. All right, uh, go over here to Darnell. Who is my team going to underperform? I think this is going to be a very easy question for me. The Miami Dolphins, they have them projected at five wins. They'll be lucky to win three. This team is absolutely trash. Like, um, they are um, <laughs> taking for two or ton of Iloa, in my opinion. They are, <laughs> they're using um, Josh Rosen as a stopgap for, for just one season. Their team is not going to be competitive. They might sneak in a couple games here and there, but I do not see them reaching five games. That's why. That's why I said this was going to be easy because there's so many ones you can pick. I can't even argue against you. All right, go, Hank. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with Young, and I was going to take the Miami Dolphins too. You know, if you go and get Josh Rosen. And then you're sitting here telling me he's better on your depth chart. Then we just got a quarterback. Okay, and, and and I heard you say about Josh Allen, at least the Bills know who their quarterback is. They know who's taking the snaps right now in preseason. 
you know, um, and, and the Dolphins, and, and, and you, you admit it yourself, D, you know, they, they keep messing up stuff, you know, that, that should be helping them be a better team than what they are. And, and, and I think they've got some figuring out to do. So, so until they can figure that out, I can't see them even getting – they're going to struggle to get them five wins. All right. We, we're not going to even debate that. Hey, we're going to go team that will, will uh, have the over, overperform. Hey, who do you have? Who who do you think will overperform there uh, of the uh, the uh, overall the projection? You know, yeah, I think the obvious choice is the Jets, but I'm gonna I'm going to uh, go opposite of UD, and I'm going to pick the Buffalo Bills. I do think that Josh Allen is is going to get better, but moreover, when you look at that schedule, they have a very very favorable schedule. They have a schedule where they 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 can get a few wins, and they, and they can get quite a few wins. And, and, and surprise some people, especially in the first four first, first, uh, weeks of the season, they could, they could be 3 and 1 before they play New England. So, you know, you get off and you get some momentum in the NFL, all of a sudden you're doing something you ain't got no business. And if Josh, if, if Josh Allen gets off to that type of uh, start with, I think he will, uh, I think that the, 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 the Bills are surprised. Now, don't, don't, don't get it twisted. I'm not projecting them to be a playoff team, but I project them to do a little bit better than with their. Um, over what their what their number indicates. So yeah, I mean they are predicting that they would win six point seven games, almost seven games. I don't see them. Doing I can see them much. going. I can. I can see them going seven and nine, eight and eight, simply because of their schedule. Yeah. So yeah, and, and so I'll go next. I have the Jets. I think they'll get ten wins for the things that the youngins said. I think their defense is going to be crazy sick. Um, and I almost made Adams as my breakout player because with all those pieces, he's a beast, and um, and you can do so much with him. I just think their defense and the the pieces they have on offense, um, I think they're gonna gobble up. I think you're gonna get ten wins, um, and uh, uh, make a push. And I hate to say that because you know Greeny is probably gonna be happy. Uh, I'm not really dealing with that, but we gonna have to hear all that stuff on ESPN the Jets, but. I think they're going to get 10 wins. And I hate to say that because their head coach, I didn't like the way he pulled that game and with the GM. I have a lot of problems with it, but I'm focused on the players. I'm focused on the youngins. I think they're going to get 10 wins. All right, Darnell. I'm, I'm agree with you and take the Jets because a lot of things I said earlier, I really like this team. They have a very solid defense. They're young. They're coming together. I like what you said about Jamal Adams being the breakout player because um, – we're guys that follow football, so like I, I have game pass. So I watch a lot of games, pretty much most of the games throughout the season. So there are guys that um I think oh this guy everybody knows this guy, but a lot of people might not know. So I knew um so we know we know Jalen Jalen I'm not Jalen. Jamal Adams is a great player. He is like. He's basically the Derwin James that's not getting the attention that Derwin James is getting. He can play everywhere. He can play linebacker. He can play safety. He can blitz. He can cover in the slot. He can do everything there is to do on the football field. So, um, Jamal Adams, he's that guy that's going to anchor the defense. You also have um, T.J. Mosley. He can patrol the middle. He can cover. He can he can hit. He comes from Bama. It's not just because he comes from Bama. Just put on the thing. This is a guy that loves to hit, and you gotta you gotta love watching him play. And you have um, Leonard Williams as well with Quentin Williams, the Williams brother. 
you know, so, the, yeah, you got, um, the, 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 the Williams twins, I'm calling them, they're going to eat people up. Yeah. yeah. The, this, this is that old Jets defense. Um, when, even when they had, um, you know, when they when they pushed on, when they had Sanchez and all in that Jets defense, was on t- and wasn't wasn't scared to go into New England. So that that's the interesting thing. Yep. They they weren't scared to go in there. Um so who did you have in terms of standings? Like we all know who the first the, the, we all know who we think gonna win. Unless somebody's gonna surprise me. So Youngin, who you got? What's your order after the Patriots? This is way too easy. This is way too easy. We got the um, Patriots one, Jets two, Bills three, and Dolphins four. Now, I don't think there needs to be an explanation. The Dolphins are the worst team in the league. The Patriots are arguably the best team in the league. The Jets are an upper rising team, and the Bills are still a team that needs to put pieces together. So. <laughs> I, I think we have the same order, but we split the last two teams. I got Patriots, Jets, I say Miami, and the Bills. That's it don't I'm matter. Wow, you said Miami's better than the Bills? I think something happening down there in, Day, in, in Wade County. I think something happening down there in Wade County. And there's always a team that people think was going to be trash that surprises you. That's every NFL season. You say, we didn't expect them to do that. All that preseason stuff didn't say they are going to do that. But when I started looking at Miami and the injuries they endured last year and what they got some of the other pieces, you know, yeah, they're gonna. I think, I think part of what they're doing with Josh is also, um, you know, making sure their offensive line and some of these pieces are solidified before they throw him back there after what he went through in Arizona. But I think they got other pieces that will allow. When I look at their schedule, I think, and they got some corners, they got some defensive players, they got some pieces of lockdown people, and so I, I have a feeling they're gonna do some stuff that that you don't. And it gets hot down there in Miami. There's some things you can just start with. I think there's some things that happen when you go. The, the Patriots have gone to Miami and lost several times, and I don't know why. They always do. It's a it's a coin flip when they go down to Miami. So that's why I, I think they. There's always a team that surprises you, and I think Miami and the AFC is one of those teams. You know who could who could push up and get eight wins, nine wins when you didn't expect them to do it. Maybe they might just miss the playoffs, but. They, they, they something happened. They got a great kick returner. They got some things there that would allow for them to be in games and change field position and do some different things. So, but you know these bottom teams, you know, I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs. I think the, the Jets and the Patriots out of this division will make their run for the for the playoffs out of this division. All right, Hank. Yeah, I concur with the young. And I, I think it's the Patriots. I think it's the Jets. And I think it's the Bills, and like I said, I expect them maybe seven and nine, eight and eight, and then they're in Miami. Uh, um, you know, another year of rebuilding or whatever they're going to do. I think that the Jets, depending upon whatever else happens in 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 the conference, is a legitimate playoff contender. Okay, Sam Donald. Now, another thing about Sam Donald we haven't talked about. You know, he's he has a he has a, a propensity of, of turning the ball over. You know, and, and huh? I said that earlier, but I said that's maybe yeah, that means that means that means. Yeah. So that's the one thing about it with him, you know. He's got to be. He's got to cut that out. And the thing is, that's that's followed him uh, from college now, and, and now he's into his second year. So if he doesn't have a sophomore jinx, and 
and we're talking about Le'Veon Bell being the Le'Veon Bell that we know he can be. That was with Ben Roethlisberger. So we'll, just, we'll see how the Le'Veon Sam Donald uh, saga begins. And, and Sam, if you listen, I'm sorry about saying Donald. I don't know what I was thinking. Sam Donald. Thank you, Jam. If you listen, man, I apologize. All right. So <laughs> we, we today we looked at the NFC North and Hank. It was a therapy session for him. That's why we spent a little bit more time on it because I knew we had to get Hank through this. And then we just zoomed right through the AFC West because, hell, the Patriots have won it since, you know, last time they, they, they've been winning the division since the first Bush was president. So we, we got through this. We will take a break next week and then come back. We'll do some other stuff next week. And then uh, when Hank comes back with us, we'll, we'll, we'll go to the uh, AFC um, uh, North and AFC South. And then the following week, we'll finish up with the AFC West because then we'll have plenty of hard knocks material to add into that conversation. And we'll have all kinds of stuff. The AFC West is going to have all kinds of storylines that we're going to delve into. And we're going to end on that one. Uh, and then we'll have our predictions for playoff and um, uh, for Super Bowl and or conference championship in the Super Bowl. So that's where we're going. We'll hit some other topics next week and come back in two weeks to finish this process off. Thanks for being patient with us. And we're going to end our show for y'all newcomers with one mic. We do, we do the open mic. We do the cypher. And then we end the show with drop the mic, what, 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 we, what we call the, the elder in the building. Our man Hank, who will drop the mic. Thank you, guys. Listen, it's time for us as a country to come together. You know, over, you know, in the, the events that happened this last uh, weekend is something that we take very seriously here on One Mic, and we would be remiss not to mention that, and not to mention uh, the families of those who lost their lives in those in those tragic events in Dayton and in El Paso. As a country, we need to be better than this as people. We need to be able to understand each other's differences. We need to be able to say to each other that, you know what, I may not agree with what you say, but I respect your right to say it. And, and, and not to just alienate folks. We need to come away from that. Colin Kaepernick, an NFL quarterback, in 889 days he's not played a game in the NFL simply because he took a stand on something that he believed in. And all of a sudden he's blackballed. We have people in this country who uh, don't, they, they didn't ask for the color that they were born in. And, you know, they're trying to live a life and they have, and they deserve every bit of that without, with, with the same freedoms as anybody else. So I want to take a very serious uh, drop the mic tonight to say, you know, we, we as a people, we need to uh, come together and stop this ridiculous violence and not have these things happen on and on again. God bless you all. Peace. Have a good night. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.